in Portugal, we've got this most lovely lady. She's sitting there, and this time of the morning, she's looking gorgeous. <laughs> that would be our guest for today, Francine Scott. Hello, Francine. How are you doing? Good morning, Janine. I'm so happy to be here. It's early, but, but it's fun. So thank you very much for having my coffee, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Good morning to the listeners. Yeah, no, I, I am wondering whether you have enough coffee in that system of yours because you're not an early morning person, are you? No, um, I'm a night owl, unfortunately. That's when I get my busiest and my most creative. So I do tend to sleep in a little bit in the mornings. But I'd love to change that. Can you give me some advice, Janine? How Just do we do that? Don't put the sleep mode on the alarm. Never. Never put. Uh, there's no. <laughs> that's no option. You get up the first time. <laughs> okay, let's introduce you. This wonderful person, Francine Scott. If you had to introduce yourself personality-wise, what do you do for a living? You know that. Someone who's never met you before. Who are you? So, um, okay, my name is Francine Scott, and we have lived abroad now. It's going on to 21 years. Uh, we left South Africa uh, when we were just uh, um, excited about uh, um, a holiday, just, you know, an adventure, just, you know, saving a bit of money. Uh, it turns out um, God had a lot more uh, planned for us. So uh, at the moment, uh, I'm involved in various amounts of things. Uh, yes, I am a musician and a writer, but what I do do and what I absolutely love uh, is I have a women's ministry um, uh, in Portugal called Keeper Soul. So it's actually named after a tree, my favorite tree and my mom's favorite tree, the Keeper Soul. So it is a ministry that we run uh, twice a year. So that makes me really happy. Also, I'm hopeful boxes. Um, I love to play the guitar. I have two children and I have a husband um, and I've been married for 20 years. But Portugal, yeah, that's not close to South African languages. I mean, that must be daunting when you arrive there. It's a different thing to go on a holiday and just see the sights and, and you, you only need to know how to say hello and what does it cost, you know. But to actually stay there and learn the language and the culture and everything, I mean, you've had chance to adapt, but tell me about that process. It's actually, uh, it's, it's it's um, as hard as it sounds. <laughs> um, uh, the thing is, is we've only lived here since January, but we've had some connections to Portugal. But before, we've been in Barcelona, we've been in England, we've been in Switzerland, uh, uh, close to the Lac Léman or the um, Lake Geneva. And what we've had to do is um, adapt for many years and actually learn quite a bit of languages. So. Yes, it's still very difficult, but it makes it a little bit easier because we have learned this before. You know, we've learned other languages before. And uh, yes, it's getting easier. But Portuguese is very, very difficult. It's, it's, a, it's a real tricky language, I have to admit. So we are not there yet. <laughs> but to have a ministry there, to be able to communicate with someone's heart, you really have to get it, don't you? I mean, it, you, you really have to understand the dynamics um, I don't know. Communication is a big thing. Are, are you the kind of person that relates to people easily to overcome that hurdle? Yes, I've just uh, um, I've been blessed with a title called the um, hunter and gatherer. So uh, yes, I do actually I do actually meet people very easily, and I do make those connections. We are fortunate that a lot of what we're doing um, 
are in English because we serve an international community here. So uh, people from all over Europe and America. So um, our main language is in English, which is really great. And also in Afrikaans, you won't believe it, but you know, we have supplement coming, which is such a huge blessing as well. Take me through your street. If you go out your door and you walk down the street, <laughs> Portugal, if you had to. Okay, I've never been there. I uh, imagine I know what it looks like, but you've got like this first hand view. Tell me what you see. Well, it'll be quite like you actually opening your door because it's a lot like South Africa. It really is. It's, it's like a little, um, yes, it's quite difficult to describe, but really to say that all the plants and the trees, they are, they are mainly South African plants, uh, and trees. So the gardens are very similar. Uh, the weather down here in the south is almost exactly the same as in South Africa. The winters are quite mild. The summers aren't that hot, but it's lovely and warm and very stable. Uh, we have we have quite a European culture here, which we absolutely love. You know, the little coffee shops on the streets and the, um, you know, not very many malls like we have in South Africa. So, uh, so most of it is outside. So very much an outside culture here. It's beautiful. It's just that little mix between... Europe and South Africa, I would say. It's perfect. It's wonderful. <laughs> and what about the people? If you had to compare them to South Africans, are they very much the same or what makes them unique? Well, we have many South Africans here because there is quite a big uh, connection with Portugal and South Africa. So we do know a lot of people that are from South Africa originally, uh, but are the, um, are they Portuguese and uh, yes, the people are extremely warm and we've lived in countries where it's been very difficult. You know, Switzerland's been really, really hard. Spain or Barcelona was very difficult with the language because they don't speak much English. And over here, they're so willing to speak English to us and, and they're just so open to us and, you know, to different cultures. So yes, this is a wonderful experience, wonderful place to live. I'm, I'm thinking about your hopeful boxes now because my perception of Europe is you don't really get poor people, you know, that, that they, they, everybody's got a job and everybody's all sorted. So why, or is hopeful boxes not what I'm thinking? It's exactly what you're thinking, but it actually started as an initiative. Um, under the Filipino communities, because in Spain, we were really put into contact with a lot of um, Filipino families. And we learned that they were collecting these things over time, uh, food items and, you know, clothing, secondhand things. And they were actually posting these in these colossal size boxes that weigh an absolute ton. Uh, and then they would ship them all over to their families. It's it's just the most beautiful thing we've seen. And we just found an opportunity, just, you know, finding people, you know, connecting people who had extra things, you know, good secondhand things and, you know, clothing and meals. And then we started supporting these families by collecting this for them and actually posting money and uh, um, and food and things for them that they need, all their basic things that they would need. So it, it just, it just you know, started, you know, organically from from two or three families that we met. So it must be a great connection then because it shows that you care and you know what it is that they need. It, it's, it, it opens the door to the heart, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. That is so true. I think, you know, the, uh, the connections that we make 
with people can um, I don't think it's ever by accident and it can it can be deep it can be really intimate and you know we can really become a part of people's lives and you know one way to do that is really to communicate with them is actually to spend time with them and um, and then you do hear their stories and then you do hear their hearts and um, it's just a perfect opportunity you know to know you know what God needs you to do and it just um, it's about saying yes, really. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking that so many times I think we go in, uh, um, especially if it's like this hit and run uh, missionary work where you go in, you go serve them quickly and then you go home. You don't have the opportunity to start hearing real needs and real hearts. You sort of come in with your perception and your background and you want to give with the best intentions, but you don't necessarily give exactly what they need and therefore the heart connection is never made. Absolutely. That's so true. And we are extremely fortunate to have a personal connection with each of these women. You know, we see how they work. It's, it, they, um, it's a cultural thing where, where they leave their children and their families behind. Um, and the pain and the suffering in that is immense. It really is immense. And we know some of that also of the communities in South Africa. That's how it used to be for us, you know, growing up, you know, having people help us in our homes. Um, and that loss and that struggle for them is real and, and it's a daily struggle. So we are fortunate enough to be able to speak to these women and, you know, to have a really, really, really close and deep bond with them. Is that how your women's ministry happened? That, that is a long story. I had to, I had to go through quite a few dips and disappointments in my life. I had to, I had to understand, you know, where God wanted me. So it was very hard for me uh, to do this. I, I think, um, you know, growing up, we are we are more focused on ourselves and our own needs, and this really meant that I had to put a lot of that aside. So I think um, you know, women's ministry came um, at a much later age, where I just felt in my heart that I just needed to somehow show what the love of Jesus is, because in Europe, you know, people don't know Jesus really. They don't. They think Jesus and faith is is the church and a building. It's very much you know coming from a very traditional, very religious view. So this woman's ministry developed. Um, into something where we are physically showing women what the love of Jesus is like. And we are bringing them into this beautiful place where they can just be loved um, and treated. And instead of just, you know, preaching the gospel, we show them the good news. And this is how, this is how we bring people to faith. And, uh, and it's a beautiful thing. The women's ministry, something to me, is very, very special because you're a woman and because you've gone through much. Because it seems that we all... We go through these things, and I don't know why we as women, we feel we've got to uh, hold the fort, be strong for everyone around us, because we determine such a lot of what goes on in our houses as well. So, so much of our energy goes in maintaining others, and then we get so thin inside. Um, have you found that in your own life, that even if you minister, even if you have to make music and write, and it's all about Jesus and everything like that, you also get to a place where you are thin and you've got to sit back and God has to minister to you? Yes, absolutely. We, we do. We, we often see that as women, it's even very hard for them to commit to four days away because they, they're thinking, what do they have to put in place for them to be able to completely be ejected out of their own lives? Because it literally is that you are you're physically 
um, ejecting yourself out of the space, but you are moving into a space where, where, where the focus is completely yourself and that it's very hard for women to be loved um, in a way because in, sometimes they, they don't allow themselves into that space and they don't allow themselves that freedom. And yes, I can. I can see that with myself. Life gets so incredibly busy with other things and, and with other people and my family. And even though that's a huge blessing for me, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not something that I find really difficult, but I do, especially in our times where we had to move so much and I settled so much and I had to settle my family in, in new places. My children had to learn new languages, make new friends. It was very hard. And there were times that I really, really struggled that I felt that I needed a lift and I needed to be lifted up but then I have amazing material and podcasts and friends you know praying over me so I am really blessed well we are going to get to your song Koninkrijk van Beton I like that you still write in Afrikaans even though you're there for all international and all (laughs) (laughs) when we listen to the song what is it that you want us to hear that to, to connect with our hearts so I think, uh, I mean, English was always a little bit difficult for me to explain that because I don't really know how to translate the title as a kingdom of stone. But um, I wanted to say that we all have these things, you know, that hold us back. And uh, this author that I absolutely love, Bob Goff, he, um, he wrote in his book, Love Does, he said, um, if we only do what we are familiar with, we might miss what we've been made for. And that is my life motto, literally, is about looking back, how actually looking back and actually holding on to your familiarity, the, you know, the thing, you know, we all have our little kingdoms and things that we are so extremely dependent upon. Um, And for mine, it was my settledness, my, my family, my predictability, Mm -hmm. these things were all so important to me. And that just really, really got shaken up. You know, when I, when I had to move away, I had to let all those things behind. And actually I, um, I refer to the salt pillar because, um, I couldn't look back. I had to look ahead, um, as to what was in front of me. I had to open my heart up and do this in faith because it's hard, you know, to leave everything behind. So really what my message is, if, if there's anyone out there today, uh, that is currently struggling with decisions or um, having to change or you know having to do something different or um, having to leave a, a, a something or someone behind. Um, I just wanted to say, you know, that say yes, because if sometimes when we say no, you know, we stop the blessing and we have no idea what we're saying no for, you know, what the opportunities lie ahead. And that's something I had to learn. And that's the, that is the core of the song is about not being afraid, you know, and looking ahead. And I, I'm trusting that God has gone before me uh, and he's gone before you. Right. We're going to listen to the song. You're going to find this woman. She's got a weird spelling. It's not like Francine. It's F, like Fron, the Fron part, you know, then S-I-E-N. Francine and Scott, like Scott Scott. <laughs> Francine, go to socials and go to all of that. And then we're going to put the links and everything that you can find her. Francine Scott, Quinning van Beton. So let's enjoy this one.